Peter chapter 5, again reading with verse number 8. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The Amplified Bible, verse number 8, Be well balanced, temperate, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. And then the New Living Translation, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Father, I pray tonight that there would be a clear word from you. And I pray that there would be an impact on the atmosphere tonight. The enemy, Lord, is bombarding the minds of your people. The enemy is attacking your people, God. And I pray tonight that that attack would be thwarted in the name of Jesus Christ. That every bombardment of minds, God, would cease by the power of your spirit and the authority of your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, I pray tonight that there would be a supernatural work of your spirit done. I don't want to preach a sermon tonight. I don't want to teach a lesson, God. I want to declare your word. I want it to be declared with authority and anointing for the purpose of your work in kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read a couple of other verses now that you're seated for a little more context, a little more foundation. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 13, Paul says this, For such are false apostles. Somebody say false apostles. Deceitful workers 
transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They transform themselves into something they are not. And no marvel, and here's why. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Amplified says it this way, For such men are false apostles, spurious counterfeits, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles, special messengers of Christ, the Messiah. And it is no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So it is not surprising if his servants also masquerade as ministers of righteousness, but their end will correspond with their deeds. And then lastly, the Living Bible. God never sent those men at all. They are phonies who have fooled you into thinking they are Christ's apostles. Yet, I am not surprised, and there's an exclamation mark there with that statement. I am not surprised, I'm not surprised by these professing apostles, these masquerading apostles. And the reason I'm not surprised, Paul says, is because Satan can change himself into an angel of light. So it is no wonder his servants can do it too and seem like godly ministers. In the end, they will get every bit of punishment their wicked deeds deserve. I I have wrestled between these two passages until today. Because masquerading as an angel of light and coming like a roaring lion are not the same thing. Masking or masquerading as an angel of light is trying to pass yourself off as something you're not. But a roaring lion is large and in charge. And as I read these verses today, and I think I was, I, I think it was when I read referring to the verses that he's like a roaring lion. As I was beginning to read a couple of other translations to get a little more flavor and perspective, I forget which one of them, but there was something about the way one of those translations phrased it that, that I, I, I got a different understanding of what Peter was saying there. He was not saying that Satan goes around with his paws up roaring at you trying to scare the living daylights out of you. He is, what he's saying is the same intensity, the same drive that a roaring lion has going about looking for something to devour. The same, the same, uh, uh, the, the, the hunger that causes that lion to search about with the sole intent of destroying its prey. 
That's what Satan does. You know what the problem is? There's some people in this room tonight and more than likely some people that are watching that you don't understand how closely you have gotten to fellowshipping with an angel of darkness that's masquerading as an angel of light. The devil does not show up with a pitchfork and horns and announce his arrival. He masquerades. One of his primary tools, if not his primary tool, is deception. And I hate, I hate ever uttering words that give the devil credit. So I'm not giving the devil credit. I'm trying to just state a fact. He is an excellent deceiver. That's why he masquerades as an angel of light. But he's doing that not just for fun. A couple of weeks, Halloween's coming. Costumes are going to be for sale all over the place. I shouldn't open this can of worms right now, but I'm just opening all kinds of cans tonight. I don't know how in the world Halloween has become such a part of the church. It wasn't, it wasn't ever a thought of what I was dressing up as for Halloween. Exactly and my parents didn't feel sorry for me because I couldn't go trick-or-treating. The, re- the reason some of you get in from the go trick-or-treating is because you don't have enough guts to defend and stand up for the fact, I'm not sorry that there's things the world does that you can't do. I'm not sorry for that because there's consequences to what the world does. You say, Brother Wright, well, we used to do fearless fun. Key word, used to. First of all, if you recall, there wasn't no dressing up for it. It was an effort to give an alternative. But you know one of the reasons why we stopped? No, I've never said this publicly. Because I felt more convicted every year. Why are we trying to appease the world And I know I'm stepping on some dangerous ground right now because I got good friends that do trunk or treat. But I don't pastor someplace else. I pastor here. And there are so many things that have crept into our lives. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, they were never apart. You say, well, we've grown and matured. No, we've become more deceived. Well, my, dar- my little darling's not dressing up because of some evil whatever. Do they need, if they really need candy, tell me. I'll buy them the candy. I'm not, I wasn't the least bit sorry with my four kids. I don't care if you're looking out the window and seeing a bunch of kids walking around in costumes. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. I'm not trying to be unkind tonight, and I'm not, I'm not going to back down and say anything less. I probably may say some more, but all I can do is beg you to hear my heart and my spirit because I'm deeply troubled, I'm deeply burdened because some of us have become more comfortable with things that we have no idea what we're really fellowshipping with. I, I have a question. How much... What, what, is, what is the... What is the maximum amount of sewage you would be willing for me to drop in this bottle and you still drink it? 
What amount? Please tell me. Oh, if you were dying of thirst out in the desert, we're not out in the desert. I'm talking about right here, right now. What, 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 what minute drop would you be comfortable that if I told you I just dropped raw sewage in there? But, but listen, it's not that big of a deal. It was, it was, it wasn't even the size of a, the, the, the pin of, the, the head of a pin. What, what, what Sister Yolanda is saying is what all of us are thinking and feeling. That's right. You know what's amazing? Some of you will sit in a restaurant and find one little hair in your food and get ready to throw up and ream out the restaurant because of a hair and you'll let all kinds of stuff be dropped into your spirit. How much raw sewage of the world does it take to contaminate your spirit? And we, <sighs> hearing all kind of justifications over why a little bit of sewage is not a big deal. If that's the case, then I want you to start drinking your water with a drop of sewage in it. I've never been more disturbed in all my life in all the justifications we make for fellowshipping with darkness and welcoming in an angel of light that's masquerading. He's a roaring lion. He's out to devour you. But he's not showing up on your front porch. Hey, I came to devour you. He's looking for every sneaky, sly way to slip into your life, to slip into your spirit, to slip into your family, so that hopefully before you recognize it, he has got himself so intertwined with you. I've said it before. You're standing in front of my house to the left, looking at the left side, the property line, there's a fence. And in front of that fence, there's all, there's azaleas, there's, there's a lot of other kinds of shrubs that were planted at some point. I don't know how it, it was definitely several years worth. Somebody didn't take care of that. Because now there's beautiful azalea bushes and there's other plants that bloom and other trees that are purposefully there that they are so wrapped up with vines. They are so, I'm talking vines, some of them that are big around as a baseball bat. And I've tried to get a few of them out of some of those brushes or some of those bushes I wanted to save. And some of them, the only thing I could ultimately do was go down to the bottom of that vine and cut out a chunk of it so the source of life was no longer there. But I could not unwrap couldn't unwrap the damage that had been done. I, I couldn't unwrap how much it had been intertwined. And so while that bush may still be alive, it now lives. 
And you know what? God may cut off the influence, but that doesn't mean that all the effects are going to leave. I believe in the grace and the mercy of God. I believe in forgiveness. I preached it two Sunday mornings ago. I believe in the power of the blood. But that's not an excuse and a cop-out for us to figure out the way we can justify everything we want to justify. Some of us, we're, we're too... I told, I told all you parents need to hear me right now. Every parent, listen. Some of you already know this, but I, if you have, if you don't know it, you need to know this. I'm not. I my my four kids, all four of them, may at this point be smarter than I am. God has blessed us with four brilliant kids, different talents, abilities, gifting, but brilliant kids, and they may very well be smarter than me. And if they're not right now, there probably will be a day where they are. But let me tell you one thing they are not. They are not wiser than me. And I've told them this, and I'll say it publicly. They will never. They will never be more wiser. Oh, they're going to get wisdom, and they'll be wiser than their kids, but they're never going to be wiser than me. Smarter? Maybe. Wiser? No. Because I got decades of experience on them that they don't have yet. And you don't get wisdom from a book. You don't get wisdom just from reading some cute little book. You get wisdom first and foremost from the Word of God. And the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you have no reverence and respect for God, then you can't be wise. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say to you precious saints tonight, there's a bunch of you sitting in this room, you're smarter than we, me. And I'm not gonna say you're not wiser because there's some wise people in this room, but there's some of you, you're smarter than me, but you ain't wiser than me. Some of you gotten a little too smart for your own good. And you got no wisdom to balance out your smarts. And the enemy knows real well how to use your smarts with no wisdom to get himself entwined and interwrapped in your life. Who in the world, you think, you honestly think you're the first person in all of human history that has the ability to handle the enemy on your terms? You honestly think you're the first one out of the billions of people that have lived? But suddenly you're able to put a drop of sewage in and it's still going to be... You know what? I've never one time poured coffee into coffee cream and the coffee cream turned black. Amazing. I drink coffee every single day when I'm home. Interesting thing happens every single day when I pour cream into my coffee. Black coffee becomes... (laughs) 
There you go, a lighter color. Thank you, Brother Barr. Amazing. Every single day. I never one time sit there and go, I wonder which one's going to win today. I wonder if this is going to be the first day the white cream turns black. Never happens. Sin always contaminates. You don't put sin in your life and it become pure. God can wash it out and make you clean, yeah. But every single time, there's never a question. If I let sin in my life, is it going to contaminate? It is. Man, we are playing with fire. Watch this. Watch it. Watch, watch the slickness. It started from the very beginning of time. From the very beginning of time. Watch. Genesis 2 and 16 says this, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Now watch, watch this, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day you eat it you will surely die. So again, watch what God says. You can have every tree in the garden, Except the tree of knowledge. Now watch Genesis 3 and 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, now watch this, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Didn't God say, you can not eat, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Folks, the devil's never going to come to you and affirm what God says. You're not going to. Don't. You're not going to truly die. God knows that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Again, God says, every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Satan comes along and says, shall you not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, I got a question. This is not a trick question. This is a genuine question. In in essence, in essence, could you say that what both of them said were ultimately the same thing? In essence, both of them were saying, there is a tree you can't eat of. But God didn't say the negative. And focus on the negative of what you couldn't have. God said, all of this is freely yours. All I'm asking is that one single tree, you don't eat of it. Here comes the devil, sneaky, slyly, and says, didn't God say? 
you shall not eat of every tree. No, that's not what he said. But you know what? We do the same thing Eve did. Well, yeah, I mean, it's close enough. You know what? I ain't try, I'm not trying to go in for, you know, some kind of uh, uh, heart surgery and that guy start operating on my lungs. Well, they're close enough. It is amazing the things we do not tolerate naturally, but we will tolerate spiritually. There are, there are couples in this place tonight, married or unmarried. If you found out your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend was cheating on you, they'd have to call the cops to keep you from killing them. Someone, please tell me why that's okay. And we all accept that. We all understand that. But it's okay to commit spiritual adultery on him. I've had a, I've had a time or two where my wife has expressed concern about women and their look or intentions at me. But I've been married for 28 plus years now and I have never one time. And the fact that I'm standing here holding this microphone talking to you is the only evidence you need. I have never one time had her question me that I was flirting with another woman. Ain't happening. First of all, it's not happening because I fear God. Secondly, it's not happening because I love her. But we want him to be our number one. But we got a, what do you call it, a side? Y'all know stuff I don't know, so forgive my naivety if I say something, but you got the point apparently. Won't be the last time. You got your little mistress on the side. And he he said, I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. I'm not interested in sharing your affection and your love. We'll go back to... We, we, don't, we don't celebrate Christmas as Jesus' birthday. But at least the basic theme, whether or not Jesus was born on December 25th, at least the basic idea is something we support. (laughs) I don't understand why any child of God wants to purposely expose themselves to fear. Why would you want to choose? Why would you want to watch some kind of horror movie? Why would you want to go to some fright place or whatever else and purposefully expose yourself to something that God has gone to extreme measures to provide a way that you don't have to deal with? This is the only night I'm teaching, preaching, whatever. I haven't done it in weeks, and I, Brother Hurt's going to be here a couple weeks, so I'm getting it in. This, This attitude we've developed that we're so pitiful because there's one tree we can't eat from. We fellowship with all kinds of stuff. Because the 
we've fallen into the enemy's trap. And he's got our attention off of everything God has provided. Everything God has freely made available to us. And he's got us focused on the one thing. Watch the message. I've shared this with a couple of people already. I actually intend to share this in realm and encourage everybody that will to watch it. I came across just sort of by accident last night, Brother Danny Hood. Many of you know who that is. He's preached here many times now, pastors in Denver, Colorado. It was their Wednesday night service. And I just happened to come across their live feed on Facebook and started listening. And it was an absolute word from God. And and it was a confirmation of things I've already been feeling and things troubling my spirit. And in the course of that message, he said this, God gave him this revelation. The devil that the devil has five steps of trickery that he uses. If you're taking notes or you got something to take notes, I'm encouraging you to jot this down. I'll try to go slow enough that you can do that. But here it is, five steps of trickery the devil uses. Number one is suggestion. Just think about it. Don't do it, just think about it. But you know what? Here's the problem. God never gave suggestions. Hey, if you think about it, you know, why don't you get baptized? Hey, you know what? If you think about it, you might want to get the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's a good idea. No. Except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he won't enter the kingdom. You must be born again. Not a suggestion. And you know what? When all the stuff that's being preached and written and taught nowadays is all proposed as suggestions, you might want to consider the source. Number two is experimentation. Now it's not just thinking about it, but it's just try it. Just give it a try. I mean, just just see. You never know. You're not, you're not fully buying in. You're, you're just, just a little experimentation. Number three, it turns into obsession. And now you can't stop trying. At first, it was on your terms and you were just trying. But now you can't control it. It controls you. Number four is you now have a new way of thinking and you defend your way of thinking. And then number five, and this is, this is the strong delusion part. Number five is a new belief or doctrine and therefore you redefine. Just a, just a suggestion. Just, just watch that. Just read this. Just go there. Just take one drink. I mean, come on, one drink's not going to waste you. Just, just, just one kiss. You're not married. Just one kiss. Just, just, just try, just try it. Suggestion. And then you start trying it. Man, I've, I've watched this. And then you start, you defend it. 
You don't respond with submission and obedience. You defend it. Who are you defending? Who is it you're standing for? The problem is for too many of us, the only thing we're defending or standing against is what the preacher said. Because we haven't truly made up our minds, the Word of God says. It's a, it's a real convenient thing if you choose to just live in the attitude, oh, well, that's what the pastor says. Because if it's all the pastor says and that's the source of it, then granted, you've got the right, take it or leave it. But if it's more than just what the pastor says, and it's more than just what the United Pentecostal Church International says, Obviously, the people that say that nowadays, you're so naive. They're so naive. They don't have a clue. There's so much stuff that, that is now acceptable in the United Pentecostal Church International that we still do not accept. And so if it was only about tradition, then we'd follow tradition. It'd be a lot easier, a lot more convenient. Listen, listen to what Jude says. There's only one chapter in Jude. So Jude, verse number 3. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible. Jude. Beloved, my whole concern, listen, listen, you got to get what he's saying here. My whole concern was to write you in regard to our common salvation. I just wanted to write you a letter and talk about our salvation. I just wanted to write you and talk about some good stuff. I just wanted to come tonight and just encourage you and uplift you. It was needful for me to write unto you. But I found it necessary and was impelled to write you and urgently appealed to and exhort you to contend for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, the faith which is that sum of Christian belief which delivered verbally to the holy people of God. I am challenging you to contend for the faith. Not compromise the faith. Stand for the faith that was once delivered to you. I preached it a couple of weeks ago. I'll say it again tonight. What the foundation of this church started on is a good enough foundation for us to still stand on. It doesn't need me tweaking it and changing it. And it doesn't need any new ideas and new philosophies changing it. Because on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. The faith which is that sum of Christian belief which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God. Now watch this, watch this. I wanted to write to you about salvation, but here's what I've got to write to you about. i got to warn you. Certain men have crept in stealthily, gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Their doom was predicted long ago. Ungodly, impious, profane persons who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing and favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality and disown and deny our soul, master and Lord Jesus Christ. The Message Bible. Dear friends. I've dropped everything to write you about this life of salvation that we have in common. I have to write insisting, begging, 
that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and cherish. And I remind you, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not here tonight preaching against people or human beings. I'm here because there is an enemy that we are fighting against. And there is an enemy that is working to influence the lives and the minds of people. So please hear me and understand, I'm not here tonight trying to attack human beings. You fight with everything you have in you. I am so disturbed. I I know I'm repeating some things, and I've said some of this over the last while, but I am so disturbed the number of times I hear people wanting to argue and defend why compromising is okay. Justifying why it's okay to move the boundaries. Where are those that will contend for the faith? It's to be understood that out there they're going to fight against it. But God have mercy on us when people who profess to be apostolics are contending against the faith. Verse number four, again the message Bible. What has happened is this. What has happened is that some people have infiltrated our ranks. Our scriptures warned us this would happen. (laughs) Some people have snuck in. How did they sneak in? Masquerading. Passing themselves to be one of us. I, I, not the details, but I'm assuming it's okay to reference Brent's story with that guy. Not the details. Y'all know those stories of people that come from other countries and fit into American life, get married, have kids, but they're spies, and they have very negative motives for why they're here. Wife's, no, never mind. I won't even say any more than that. I, I know somebody firsthand that lived that and was shocked and devastated to find out what he thought was totally untrue. Guy had gotten married, right? Married, had kids. Had, had created a life, spent years creating a life, but was on a mission. You know what? Here's the problem. The devil is in no hurry. He is more than happy to just take an inch and stay there for a while. And then at some point sneak another inch. Stay there a while. He, 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 he's not so driven that he's got to come in and just take over everything one single swell swoop. He's happy to take his time. He's happy to creep in. And so it, again, it says that what has happened is that some people 
have infiltrated our ranks. Our scriptures warned us this would happen. Our scriptures warned us this would happen. It's not a coincidence. It's nothing to be surprised at. Who beneath their pious skin are shameless scoundrels. Their design is to replace the sheer grace of our God with sheer license, which means doing away with Jesus Christ, our one and only master, i.e. grace being a license to live however you want to live. Do whatever you want to do. According to what Jude said, that type of a message is not one that coincides with the Word of God and the principles of the Word of God. Ah, I didn't really, God, you know, God doesn't really care about that. Ah, that's not really a big deal to God. You know what, in some ways in and of itself, there are some things I wouldn't disagree that that's the case. But the problem is this, God's not looking at the one single little insignificant thing. God knows that thing there has the ability to lead to this, which has the ability to lead to that, which has the ability to end up stealing, killing, and destroying. I don't, I, I hate, I don't know, maybe after a couple of million years in eternity and we're just sitting around one day, maybe I'll have a chance to ask God a couple questions. One of them was, why did, why did we have to have snakes? <laughs> Sorry, Julian, but that's my question. Why do we have to have snakes? I hate, I don't care how small, I have no, I could care less if it's not poisonous. It's a snake. That's all I need to know. I was standing one time, this was years ago, I think it was, I was an adult, but we were at the zoo, and it may have been with our, my family, my kids when they were small, but I was, we were in the reptile house, and I'm standing there, and, and there was that, the python, and the glass is about, you know, two or three feet away, and there's the python, and I'm standing there, and I got my hands. There was a rail between there and the glass. There was a rail that was about this high. And I'm standing there, and there was a child that walked up whose nose was the same height as the rail and walked up and just happened to breathe on my hand. White men can jump. Just need the right motivation. I was riding down the road into my car yesterday, and there was some kind of plastic bag that's sitting on a clear plastic bag from something sitting on the back seat, and I don't know if the AC or something hit it. All I did was see motion. I don't know what I thought it would have been. But there was a lot of things that it was a possibility at that moment. tell you something, if I knew right now there was a snake in this room, I don't care if it's in the back by Brother Whaley. If it's in this room, there are doors and ways for me to get out of this room. And when you let me know it's not here anymore, we were at, we were at, we, I'm going to work you all in for Saturday evening. I'm going to stretch you back a little bit here tonight because I'm not quite done. <laughs> we, 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 had a, we, we went over to our neighbor's couple of weeks ago and sat out on their deck and had a nice time of refreshments and they told us they, they had a house they lived in that there was a snake that they knew was living on the mantle and they would come and see stuff moved 
Let me tell you something. The Lord knows what we can handle and what we can't. And the day I ever see a snake on the inside of my house, there will be a for sale sign by the end of the day. Not happening. I don't like mice, but I can tolerate mice a little more than that. Not snakes. It is so sad that we have those kinds of actions and reactions to physical things, and then we let all kinds of serpents that are poisonous become residents in the temple of the Holy Ghost. What fellowship, what interaction does light have with darkness? crept in and now they're selling you a doctrine that is not based on the word of God. Ephesians 4.11, first couple of verses here, most of you ought to recognize these. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here it is, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. The message Bible, verse 14. No prolonged infancies among us. Please, will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. New Living Translation. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. I've already preached it. I've already said it. But if there's ever been a time these last couple of months, because people, some of you have been exposed to things you never even were exposed to before. And now your minds are playing tricks on you. And you walk in here and you sit in an apostolic service and the enemy's sitting on your shoulder saying, you know what? Remember what that guy said? All oh, this really isn't that, it's not all necessary. Remember so-and-so that you watched the other day? Remember so-and-so's message that you heard that he just stood there and gave his nice, encouraging, motivational speech? You really need to live a life of separation? Do you really have to be baptized? Do you really have to have the whole... Is all that really necessary? Just a suggestion. Every win. We uh, two years ago, I think it was, we were living at my parents' house in between our houses, and and uh, my brother and his wife went out of town, and we kept their three kids. And uh, Noah's seven now, right? Eight. Good night. So he was six then. And Timothy is my son. Timothy is a New England Patriots fan. And so, guess what Noah is? He's a New England Patriots fan. His dad's a Washington football team fan. Is that right? I don't know. 
I'm just a Cowboys fan. So we got our name. We don't need to change. Y'all can. There's a whole lot to that that was not intended. I'm just going to tell you that right now. That was not a can of worms I was intending to open. But it's Noah's a, Noah's a Patriot fan because Timothy's. A, and, of course, two years ago, Tom Brady was still a New England Patriot. And I don't know how, I don't know what prompted Timothy to start this. But those couple of days that we had him, Timothy found a really sneaky way to get Noah to do whatever he needed to do. I don't mean bad. I mean even good eat his food. Noah, you know what Tom Brady eats? No, what's Tom Brady? Tom Brady eats chicken nuggets. He does? Yeah. <laughs> Noah, you know Tom Brady brushes his teeth every night before he goes. He does? Yeah. 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sneaky. Slick. Yeah, I mean, how much of an issue would you and I have with the tricks of the enemy if he announced every trick? It's, he's a thief. A thief doesn't tell you when, a thief doesn't call you, hey, I'm coming about 1 a.m., coming to steal. I know a couple of you. If you got that call, We'd be hearing about you the next day, hoping you can somehow just prove it was self-defense because somebody's about to die because you got your arsenal. You're going to be on the porch waiting. Bring it on. The thief sneaks in when you are unaware. I'm not quite done, but this is the last verse. 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little sewage contaminates the whole bottle. Just a little. Living Bible. What a terrible thing it is that you are boasting about your purity and you let this sort of thing go on. Don't you realize that even if one person is allowed to go on sinning, soon all will be affected? That's my other frustration. Probably a better word I should use, but that's an accurate word. It's one thing when people are led into something they have no business fellowshipping with by a sinner. But it's a whole nother thing when born-again children of God are the ones that are leading people into doing stuff they got no business fellowshipping with. If you're going to let a little leaven in, you got the right to do that. But at least have enough integrity to not drag somebody down with you. If you don't have any parameters on the things that you watch... God have mercy on you, number one, but that's your right. But that doesn't mean you got to sit down and watch it with everybody else. A little leaven. And then the Message Bible. 
Your flip and callous arrogance in these things bothers me. You pass it off as a small thing, but it's anything but that. Yeast, too, is a small thing. But it works its way through a whole batch of bread dough pretty fast. You know what? I'm going to tell you this in the Holy Ghost. There's some of you here tonight that you're struggling with some things. And the reason you're struggling to identify the source or what the real problem is, is because you've let some other things slip in that you didn't understand that those things are now causing this. You got battles going on in your mind? What you reading? What you watching? What music are you listening to? Battling with a spirit of rebellion? What you watching? What you listening to? What are you fellowshipping with? Solomon said, guard your heart. Because out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart. Guard it. There's two ways stuff gets in your heart. Two ways. Your eyes and your ears. I am to guard what gets in. Oh, there are times you're walking through the mall or there's certain situations where something is said, you hear something you have no control over, or you see something you weren't looking for, you see it. That, that, that doesn't mean it has to become a part of me. It doesn't mean I have to entertain it. But when it comes to my willful decisions, what am I purposefully choosing to allow into my spirit? Guard it, because out of it are the issues of life. Guard it, because a little bit of leaven can affect the whole thing. Let me give you, I'm sure there's other things, no doubt. Let me give you just one simple way to be a measurement as to whether or not the enemy's got a foothold. If when you are confronted by someone who has the authority, the spiritual authority to confront you, and your immediate response is an argument or a defensiveness, the enemy has a foothold. If your immediate reaction is debate, and some of you are arguing with me right now, If you decided you didn't like what I just said, prayer room is open 24 hours a day. You need to get in it. And I'm not being mean and I'm not being facetious. And I'll give you one simple example of the difference. And you, most of you know the stories enough that I don't have to go into all the details. But just simply look at Saul and look at David. Saul, what is that noise I hear? Oh, it's the bleeding of the sheep. What sheep? Well, Amalekites, right, I think. Well, it's the sheep of the Amalekites. And and watch it. It's always, there's always a good justification. It was a spiritual justification. Well, we, we spared them so that we could use them to sacrifice. 
Did God tell you to spare them to sacrifice? No, God said, kill them all. And Saul justifies every action and never repents. And God says, I'm taking the throne from you and I'm giving it to somebody else. We know from a scriptural perspective, sin is sin. There is no scale of sin in the Bible. There's no one to ten scale for sin. Sin is sin. But from a human perspective, let's be honest, we, we view some things as being more severe. And there are some things that have greater consequences than others. But from a, from a, from a, from a human perspective, what David did compared to what Saul did was way worse. And in all honesty, we could, from a human standpoint, we could look at what Saul did and said and say, hey, that, you know, hey, you were, man, that was a spiritual reason. And David commits adultery and then has the husband of that woman murdered. And God sends the prophet to him. And David says, have mercy upon me, O God. I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to read that. It in, wasn't in my notes. So I can get there really quickly. Watch, 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 the, watch the difference. No, I don't love the Bible app right now. I want to do reviews. My goodness. Psalm 51, watch, watch. Saul justifies. Saul, you know what Saul said? Saul said, David says, or, or excuse me, Samuel says to, uh, to Saul what he's done. And, 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 and all Saul says is, you, you come with me. Let's go talk to God. If you need me to go with you to talk to God, there's another indication you got some stuff that don't belong. Because you don't need me to talk to God with you and for you. You have access to talk to God yourself. But watch. This is, this is David's reaction. Have mercy on me, Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. I haven't sinned against the church. I haven't sinned against my pastor. I haven't sinned against my parents. I haven't sinned against an organization, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. That wasn't a victim mentality. That wasn't, he wasn't saying that as an excuse. He was saying, I acknowledge where I came from. I acknowledge the heart that I was born with. I acknowledge the tendencies that I had when I was created. You desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Thou, may, thou shalt make no, me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me and make me clean. Is that your response? Is that your reaction? 
do you think you are? What gives you the right to tell me that? What gives you the right to say that? Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. And it goes on. That's David's response. And then God comes back and says, There will always be a descendant of yours on the throne of Israel. Not because what Saul did was worse. Not because Saul's actions were worse than David's. But Saul's response was night and day difference. In fact, when the the prophet Nathan first came to David, he really spoke to him in a parable. Somebody in your kingdom that's wealthy and rich and has plenty went and stole from somebody that has nothing. And you know what David's reaction was? Who are they? You tell me. That's not going on in my kingdom. And if it is, I'm going after them. And he proved his sincerity because when Nathan then responded and said, David, you are the man, that was David's response. Masquerade. As an angel of light. You better be careful when your steady diet of spirituality comes from a voice that you don't really truly know where they stand. You better be careful when you go around repeating and quoting people that you don't really know. Are they a self-made apostle or are they a God-made apostle? Because if they're a self-made apostle and you're quoting them like they're A God-made apostle. Not only are you being blinded and deceived, but you're now becoming a tool of the enemy to deceive somebody else. I've, I've fought the battles in my mind and spirit for the last several years. Need to tone it down. I'm supposed to preach like I've preached tonight. I'm supposed to act the way I've acted tonight. Brother right, we're trying to grow the church, not run people off. That's right, we're trying to grow the church, not a crowd. We're not trying to build a crowd here. I want everybody that will go to heaven. Whomsoever will. Nobody left out, nobody excluded. But we're not selling some cheap ticket to get to heaven. We're not selling counterfeit passages to the glory train. <laughs> this train is bound for glory. This train, yeah, it is. How's it going? This train is bound. Got to be on it. Something righteous and holy, something I forget. 
Yeah. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's invited. The worst murderer is welcome. The worst rapist is welcome. Somebody that's given themselves over to an alternative lifestyle is welcome. Everybody's welcome. But there is a way. And there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end is death. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. There are so many things in Scripture that it boggles my mind. They are so simple and straightforward, and yet we still follow the deception. Jesus himself said it this way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And what? Many, many are on that road. Many are on that road. And then he says, narrow is the way. Straight. That word straight, my understanding of that word straight, it's not necessarily straight in the sense of a straight line. It's straight in the sense of confining, restricting. Straight and narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. And few... How in the world do we get into judging truth by the numbers? How do we get into determining truth by how big the crowd is on some live stream video? Man, they got 5,000 people in their service. That must be truth. I'm not sitting here saying every church that has 5,000 people. That's not my point. My point is the numbers are not the determining factor. You and I can sit here tonight, and partly because of COVID, but not to be negative, just realistic, if we had no restrictions tonight, under normal circumstances, there'd still be space in this building. Maybe, Brother Wright, if you wouldn't preach the way you preach tonight, maybe if we wouldn't stand the way we stand for some, maybe if we'd let down on this, maybe if we'd let this in a little bit, maybe if we'd change that a little bit. Well, sorry to tell you, but I've seen some apostolics that have tried that route and it never accomplishes anything. Because at the end of the day, there's a whole lot of people that can do it a lot better than we can. We're not here to compete based on our talent and our persuasive human persuasiveness. We're, we're not here. I, I appreciate what we do. I, I appreciate the graphics and the lights. But I'm going to tell you right now, sorry to you younger folks if you're hoping for something different, but it's never going to look like some stage up here for a concert as the way we do services. And as long as I'm in charge, there'll never be graphics on the screen during a service where there's motion and all kind of stuff going on in the background. If we got to have that to catch your attention, we got problems. Believe you me, I've fought plenty of battles in my mind over what I'm preaching to you tonight. But at the end of the day, I have a responsibility to stand for what I believe 
God has given me and God has entrusted to us. And it doesn't matter who likes me or who doesn't like me. It doesn't matter who approves or disapproves. And I'm going to say it again. The, the concerning thing is we're not just dealing with the world's disapproval anymore. We now deal with the disapproval of fellow believers. Better be real careful. Anybody that wants to talk to you about what's not necessary and what's not a big deal. Be real careful which side somebody's fighting for. One of the biggest warfares, if I understand correctly, we got people in the intelligence community. I'm going to try to say this as quickly and simply and not embarrass myself from lack of expertise and knowledge. But some of the greatest warfare going on is not with missiles and guns. It's happening on the Internet. It's happening in stealthy ways that you never even see. It's enemies that are creeping in. Hopefully none of you here tonight have had it happen to you. But you know how many people have lost, you know how many millions of dollars have been lost the last couple of years on scams, phone calls. Emails that look like they're from your bank. Phone calls that profess they're calling from your credit card. All they're trying to do is get your information, get your money. People have lost life savings because they finally found out there's people that are sitting in jail today because of millions and millions of dollars they scam people out of selling them something that was fake and you know what at the end of the day I know I'll never have millions and so it's probably easy for me to say this but at the end of the day it's just money and I'm not here tonight worried about your money I'm not here tonight trying to get you to not lose your money. I'm here tonight trying to get you not to lose your soul. Because you might have to change your standard of living if you lose your money. You might have to live in a smaller house and wear lesser clothes than you'd like and drive older cars than you'd prefer. But you can do that and get to heaven. But what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? What does it profit us if I get to live however I want to live and do whatever I want to do? But in the end, I lose my soul. I want us to take a moment. Just pray. I'm not going to tell you what to pray. I don't feel to tell you what to pray. Some of you may need to pray for yourself. But I also believe there's some of you, you're feeling something this evening. You're tapped in that what I'm preaching and what I'm feeling and you're feeling and you're just as frustrated and you're just as fed up with I am. So maybe more than just a simple prayer for yourself, your prayer would be a coming against that spirit and these spirits that are trying these, these, uh, these, these demonic influences that are masquerading as an angel of light trying to come in stealthily and get a foothold in some lives, get a grip on some lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 
God, I declare again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not here to fight with humanity. We're not here to battle with humanity. But we are here to wrestle against spiritual darkness. We are here to take a stand against the enemy of our soul. We are here to stand against the weapons of the enemy. And I take dominion and authority tonight. Father, I stand before you tonight upon behalf of every person that is a part of this congregation that the enemy has been able to sneak in to whatever degree and begin to get a grip and a hold. I take dominion and authority tonight in the name of Jesus. I come against the deception and the blindness that wars against the minds of your people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would give fresh sight. I pray that you would give fresh clarity of mind and spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cast down every stronghold and every high thing that exalts itself against you. We take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, everything that's tried to creep in, I pray you'd pull the cover off of it. Everything that's tried to creep into our lives individually. Everything that's tried to creep into this congregation. I pray God that you would remove the cover off of it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every deception the enemy has succeeded at to this point, I command according to your word and the power of your spirit that it go no further in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's nothing, absolutely nothing we are facing in any regards, in any, in any realm, in any aspect. There's nothing we're facing that you can't find in the Word of God. God gave us a warning it was coming. Every bit of chaos in our world. Everything I preach tonight, God told us in His Word well in advance. This is what's going to happen. Bible says we are not to be ignorant of his devices. It is God's will and God's plan that you and I not be ignorant of the enemy's tools. But the more we fellowship with it, the more ignorant we do become of his devices. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Praise God. Encouraging you. I've said it Sunday night. I'm going to say it again. 
I understand that the service Saturday evening was a last-minute addition. And I know folks have things going on and planned in advance. And if things you can't change and it's too difficult, I respect that and understand. But for those of you that can be here, I'm encouraging you to be here. And if you had plans that are not something that's unchangeable and you could alter that to be here, I encourage you to do that because I believe God is going to continue. We This past weekend, Brother Mike McGurk said it on Thursday night last week that the message Sunday night was not just going to be about back-to-school revival and the young people and the youth, and it wasn't. God spoke to us. And so God has been speaking. God didn't stop speaking three weeks ago when Brother Hurt left. God didn't stop working three weeks ago when Brother Hurt left. I know you know that. So I'm not saying something's starting back up Sunday or Saturday, but God's continuing Saturday. And I believe I'm amongst a group of people that want to be a part of what God is doing. In Jesus' name, amen.